Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. The crossover has begun. Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports. Each and every weekday around the Treasure State, right here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. If you're listening to this and you don't see me in studio on TV, that's because me, Coulter Nuanas, I'm coming back from the University of Montana campus. Ton cooking down at UM today. The Montana volleyball team went on the road, upset the Montana State Bobcats. Huge rivalry victory for Allison Lawrence's squad, so I caught up with her. We'll share that with you tomorrow. Also, media day for University of Montana men's basketball team, so caught up with several different players. We'll get to that about the 5 o'clock hour and uh, some impressions from media day down there at the University of Montana. And then I caught up with Coach Houck right before practice, as I do each Wednesday, and we'll play that for you tomorrow during Thursday's show as well. You want to listen to the show, watch the show anywhere besides the traditional radio and television? You can go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com, click on Listen Live, stream the show, or ESPN Radio anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. You want to watch us on YouTube, N-U-A-N-E-Z, we'll get you there. Go check us out on YouTube as well, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Want to be involved in the show? 406-888-1029. Start the fantasy football questions right now. We got fantasy football advice and commentary coming up at 445. And any question you got, any engagement you give, you will be entered to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's a wing at Wednesday, as we do each and every Wednesday here. So start those fantasy football questions coming right now. Let's talk fantasy football. 888 That's 406-888-1029. If you text that number, you'll be entered to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. 888 All guests join us either via phone or text via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Of course, we're broadcasting to you from and through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. 
New to Missoula, new to Montana, you can find the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the region by visiting nwmsrocks.com. We're going to get things kicked off with our good buddy Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, talking high school sports, World Series, as well as Grizz football. We're also going to hear from Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana as part of the Montana State Minute. Get some insight into the Montana State Bobcats. Of course, we got a Wing Wednesday fantasy football advice presented by the Despo. And then second hour, do an ESPN roundtable about all things Big Sky Conference hoops. Going to have some sound from today's media day down at the University of Montana. We'll also analyze the preseason polls as well as the preseason all-conference teams. All-conference team was out today. My hit for uh, inside the Big Sky and uh, around the Big Sky, excuse me, in, in hoops uh, is will be live on the Big Sky Conference website here pretty soon as well, so go check that out. Um, appreciate the Big Sky for hosting me as always and then about 5 30 we'll have our grizz star of the week this week it's missoula sentinel product mitch roberts a wide receiver who's gone from quarterback to receiver and last week an outstanding game seven catches 145 yards so he will be our grizz star of the week this is so weird. I feel like I hardly ever see you anymore. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. With me, Coulter Nuana, as we're recording this on a Tuesday night, the opening of the World Series. Uh, I was driving over here to get here to record with Sean. And uh, we do this most Wednesdays here on Nuana's now. But uh, as I walk in the door, you guys got the World Series on. So real-time update. Everybody that's listening to this right now already knows who won the World Series. But... Uh, what, just a couple innings in, Astros up 3 nothing. I don't even know what happened. Braves, Braves. Braves up 3 nothing. Give me the breakdown. What's, what's going on? Well, Jorge Soler hit a home run. First batter of the game, and then Austin Riley got a double. And uh, the Braves, man, they just seem like um, – like the, I think the Astros is a better team, but the Braves – they just got They just got it rolling, man. They're kind of like that, you know, that cliche like team of destiny. Like they're just, they're just clicking right now. We've seen it a lot in baseball. The team that is the hottest is the team that has an opportunity to win it all. So we'll see. I think it would be a great story for the Braves too. I find it fascinating the way that the sort of narrative has changed because the Braves were kind of like the, the big bad. We spend all the money owned by this super rich guy in Ted Turner and never do anything but make the playoffs like they were in the 90s, but they could never punch through and like actually win the World Series. They did one time in 95, but they sort of left something to be desired. But now it seems like there's this uh, narrative that they're sort of like this upstart team because they've been replaced by so many of these other big spenders, like the obviously the Yankees and the, Do- and the Red Sox always were, but now the Dodgers as well. So uh, it's, it's sort of interesting to see that the way that this sort of just changed, the way that the Braves' narrative has changed. It seems like they're sort of this like fun, lovable underdog where once they were like the, the hyper-exposed team. Well, I think it just shows, and we're seeing it with the Dodgers before before the you know the sixty game season when they won. Like the Dodgers have still they've yet to break through in a full game season with that massive payroll and being the favorites, kind of like the Braves. It, I think it just shows you that like winning a baseball championship is just so hard because the the season is so long. There's there you, there's a lot of injuries and it's just weird. It's just kooky. It's like whoever it is, whoever's just happens to be playing the hottest at that point in the season, ends up surviving. It is not like... I, I think we saw this debate um, between a lot of the the players. I think it was like in, it was either in the NFL playoffs or the, this last NBA playoffs. They were talking about... The debate is like what championship to win was harder, like NBA or mm. NFL. I think the hardest is Major League Baseball. Because mm. I think you can have the best team, and the best team is not... is the least likely to win in Major League Baseball compared to the NFL or the NBA. Like in the NBA, I think the NBA is the easiest to win if you're a favorite. It's the hardest for an, an underdog to win. Right. But in Major League Baseball, it's the easiest for an underdog, but the hardest for the favorite because it's just that's just how the sport is set up. That is so interesting to think, right? Because the Braves were expected to be pretty good. I think I picked them to win the NL East when we were doing our picks months and months ago. But... You're so right. Like the the overwhelming favorites are almost always in the conference finals in the NBA. It's very hard for anybody besides like the the you have to be one of the six best teams in the league to even get to the final four teams. Really, every once in a while you see it. But like, when was the last time there wasn't one of the five best teams that won the NBA championship? I can't really. Well, like, I guess the Raptors well, the a couple Suns, years ago. The Suns being in the finals yeah. last year was like one of the. But that was only because the Lakers were in, like got all banged up and were sure really hurt. Um, but, I mean, the Braves won 88 games. The Giants and Dodgers are, you know, 108, 106 wins, and both neither of them make the World Series. Like, that just shows you baseball is just whoever's 
whoever's playing at the right time. And that's why, you know, I think it's, it's hardest to win a championship in baseball as far as like you can put together what you think is the best team, but that is absolutely no guarantee that you're going to even get to the World Series. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Joining me here on Nuanas Now, we're recording this at SWX on a Tuesday night. We do this most weeks together. We've been busy, man. You've been running all over the place. It's been a crazy time of year, but also a fun time of year and uh, all sorts of stuff going on. Is there anything that stood out to you from the prep ranks these last couple weeks that, that you've liked? I know that you, uh, your, your new guy here at SWX Montana, Zach, he's down there shooting some high school soccer as we speak. The Missoula Hellgate boys got him for a third straight AA title. We got some good stuff going on in Western Montana in terms of high school sports, pretty much all the sports right now. Yeah, it's almost giving us a headache because we're trying to figure out like who to prioritize. If they all, and if, and if they all win how we're going to cover all the state championship sure. games because they could all end up being in the, on the same day in the in our uh, area here on the western side um now i'm putting together um a feature on florence um a lot of people don't kind of know the full story with uh, their head coach and everything that they've been through in the last uh, couple years so putting together a really cool story on on uh coach duchene and that team who uh i mean dude they're really good florence they're really good like they would beat a handful of double a teams uh, no question i think that they would be like right in the middle of the ro- middle of the pack in double a because they have i mean they have one of the best quarterbacks in the state period and pat duchene jr pat duchene's son so i'm excited for this story yeah, and they got, um, you know, D1 guys, they got, you know, offensive linemen, defensive linemen going to the Cats. They got they got a bunch of dudes that are going to play in the Frontier. Like, they're uh, they're really good. And um, so working on that right now and then just, yeah, just been plugging away um, with everything else that we got going. It's kind of like uh, when the bye week happened so early for the Grizz, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be rough because I know around this time is when I could really be using a bye, like how Montana State has uh, right now. That'd be kind of nice. Um, but just, uh, just grind away, can't complain because we could just uh, think about last year when we had nothing going on so I gotta just uh, not complain Pretty cool, too, to see, especially from the football perspective. I mean, Western Montana is the epicenter right now because you got the number one team in AA, Missoula Sentinel, the overwhelming favorite in that in classification. In A, uh, there's some there's several contenders in A, but Hamilton has been undefeated and number one in the state for most of the year. Florence in B, and then Flint Creek, the, the Drummond Phillipsburg co-op in Class C8, man. So a lot of really good ones out here in Western Montana. And Cross Country was uh, really good this last weekend as well. Uh, the Hellgate... Uh, boys and the, uh, the Hellgate boys take home the double-A title. The Hamilton boys take home the Class A title. And uh, individual champions from Missoula Hellgate on the girls' side and Kenzie May and Tanner Klumpf on the boys' side from Missoula Sentinel. So very cool to see all of it play out. And uh, soccer's winding down. It's one of the best times of the year when we have all these postseasons rocking. Uh, I want to ask you about some of the stuff you saw this weekend, though, because you were over in Moscow uh, for the Grizz game, and we've talked about this quite a bit, but Montana posted a 34-14 victory over Idaho, so seventh consecutive win in the Little Brown Stein, battle for the Little Brown Stein. Uh, they, Montana has won every matchup this century, so um, dominant to say the least, and a lot of those were against an FBS-level Idaho, but uh, three in a row for the Grizz over Idaho since they came back in the big sky. Uh, but to me, Montana looked a lot better than they have the last couple of weeks. What do you think? Yes, they absolutely look better. And when I kind of talk about them and, and uh, talk about them as far as was it good, was it bad, this, I'm kind of doing it all with the um, the mindset or the intention of them at their peak or like what we thought that this team sure. was early on. Okay, so like top five team that has a chance to contend and be there at the end. Still have some question marks on that front. Um, things that I liked. Well, obviously, we were talking about the offense and things that needed to change um, schematically, player-wise, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I really liked some of the changes that they did. Um, I wanted them to not have so many, you know, two and and three tight end sets and kind of spread the defense out a little bit, be able to run with less guys in the box because – they have some. They have all these tight ends, like, and they're they're all young. They're not mauling people necessarily, and they weren't getting a lot of yards per carry with extra guys. So I I, I wanted to see them spread it out, run out of some pass formations, and throw it out of out of uh, some run formations. And they pushed the ball down the field. They got the ball um, down the sidelines on some deep shots. They used utilized the middle of the field and they utilized the quarterback run a little bit um, on some of those fake handoffs. And they used the pass on an RPO for like the first time all season. So. They did a lot of good things. They went tempo, which I liked. The, the one thing that 
Is the question, though, is like how much of that was just the matchup against Idaho? Because Idaho's secondary is not good. And on some of those deep balls, it was awesome because they were thrown absolutely perfect. But it's not like there was yards of separation um, on those plays. If you go back and look at them, like the DBs are kind of right there. Um, it was just they're just perfectly thrown balls. Um but there's still not a ton of separation. And ideally, against a bad secondary, like you would want guys to be more wide open um, and creating more separation. So that is still kind of a question mark for me. Um, how, like, Could they have done that against Sac State if they would have changed up the scheme and taken those shots? Or are we just seeing that because it was, a, it was against a bad secondary that they were able to do that? You know? So that's kind of something um, I want to see. And then they're kind of – they are on a fine line here. It's on the injury front goes like if they if they have an injury to a tackle if one of the, if they're if Beaver or Cook goes down they are in real real trouble because a lot of their swing guys are now playing guard and stuff and man they, they're an injury or two away at certain positions from being in disaster mode and so that's kind of you know covering the team and then if you're a fan like that's one that you're like you're kind of holding your breath as far as uh, we go along here especially in the next few weeks where it's pretty much. The situation, I mean, let's just be real. The Grizz just need to, like, stay healthy the next three weeks to put themselves in a good position. Like, they should they should easily win the next three games. It's more just about staying healthy. No question. Nuana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. This is all football all the time, presented in part by Sportsbet Montana. Sportsbet Montana has awesome betting lines for all things. Uh, I particularly enjoy the NFL, both pregame and in-game. Any and all Sportsbet Montana kiosks will take bets, both pregame and in-game. You can also use your Sportsbet Montana app. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joining me, Coulter Nuanas. We're recording this from SWX on Tuesday night. And uh, to update, to recap, Montana sophomore center A.J. Forbes went down in the Idaho game. He did not return, right? No, he went he went down, and then it was just like a few plays later. Moses Mallory, who was moved over from guard, went down. Yeah, so he's the right guard, slid into center. He goes down. Skyler Martin went into right guard. And, and then Cordell, Cordell Pilons, Pilons. K- Pilons comes in at offensive guard. Yeah, and then Skyler Martin slid into center as the third string, something like that. I mean, you don't practice your third string center in practice. So, like, right. they that was for them to actually – Masked that pretty well um, was actually pretty impressive that they were able to mix and match. Coach Houck told me on when we taped the show the next day, he's like, the hardest part was figuring out who was in the game at offensive line and who could block on like field goal, extra point, like on special teams. Cause like, you know, you have different linemen for different sure. situations. So it's like figuring out who the heck is healthy. And I'm standing there on the sidelines. There was only when, when Mallory and Forbes got hurt, there was only four suited linemen. On the bench, on the sidelines, total. Oh man! Like they only brought ten total. Right. So like, it was kind of wild seeing that. Or they brought eleven, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, even that's sort of a lot sometimes for a travel roster too, because a lot of times teams teams only travel like eight, nine offensive linemen, which is pretty crazy too. And uh, I mean, this is sort of a, a a repercussion of so many different things. First of all, obviously those injuries within the game, but also a couple guys that probably would have been in that top ten, Colton Kynes. And uh, Tyler Ganung both decided to hang it up uh, mid-season. So it is a concern because I think the offensive line hasn't performed up to par. They did look a little better on Saturday despite the injuries, but uh, I totally agree. I think that that's a spot where it is worry mode. I thought that um, Joe Babros's return, though, was big for Montana. He's sort of a quiet guy that doesn't get as, as much credit because he's just not really out there in the media. This former NC State transfer, he's not really done many interviews or anything like that, and so people don't really know him, but he's a good player, and he played great on Saturday. He had a sack, and I thought that was a sort of a boost up. But to me, more than anything, with this Grizz team, we can scrutinize their offense all you want. As Bobby Howe keeps reminding us, you know, the guy taking the snap, the guy getting the ball handed to him, a lot of the guys catching the ball, they're all freshmen, and I get that. Uh, But to me, the Grizz success is going to be pinned upon the Grizz defense. And uh, they're going to do what they do. They don't really sub based on personnel or anything like that. They're just going to play as hard as they possibly can, run to the football. We talked to Demario Warren, so the Utah head coach yesterday, and he said, hey, as a defensive guy, I love watching the film. They're fun to watch. They hit, they run, they tackle, all that stuff. Uh, so to me, it's just about if Montana's defense can play at its highest level, and it seems like getting back to full strength injury-wise and maybe you know just other forms of health-wise is, is going to help this team. But to me, I mean, I think the Grizz goes, their defense goes. 
Well, I think one one key point that kind of went a little bit unnoticed or not talked about, but that I think is a really big deal is before the game, Coach Houck told me that you're going to see some guys rotating in on defense a little bit more than they have. Because think about the, the, early, like the spring games and then early on in the season, they were rotating a ton of guys defensively. Yeah. And they kind of went away from that. And they were playing a lot of their starters pretty much every drive. And they weren't rotating in at every position, almost every other drive. They did that, and Coach said afterwards that they kind of got away um, from that and weren't as disciplined as coaches as they needed to be as far as making sure to get guys in and and, then reps. and and, I mean, when you have the depth on defense, um, I mean, when you have a Braxton Hill that can spell Marcus Wellnell for uh, a drive, then that's only going to make Wellnell fresher in the fourth quarter. And so I think that was uh, something that we saw uh, defensively. And he, Coach Houck said, you're going to see that moving forward is just keep rotating guys. Because, like, yeah, like I was surprised Justin Ford wasn't out there to start the game. Corbin Walker was. But then Justin Ford comes in, gets a pick, and starts making plays. And he's playing. And then they all start rotating and, and helping each other out. A couple notes from this game, too. You mentioned Justin Ford. Uh, interceptions in five consecutive games. That's a Grizz record for the uh, former transfer from Louisville by way of Gold Coast College. Um, Junior Bergen made his first start at running back, and he was decent. I've actually been surprised with how well he has been able to handle it because I don't even know if this guy's ever played running back in his life. So it's been interesting to watch. That It's like, uh, man, you got to give that kid a lot of credit because, one, obviously running back is a very physical position. You're a true freshman, and he's not big. No. Like, and he's taking some shots out there. Like, he was running around the, the edge and got clocked pretty good. And and he was uh, having a lot of carries. Coulter Giannicaro went in there for a little bit and spelled him. But for him to be able to take take that that physicality, and as a true freshman, that the jump from high school to college is just, is just so big physically. And for him to be able to, um, to, to not just only handle it, but he doesn't, like, run scared. Like, he runs, like... He, he he runs hard and he runs you know as hard as he can and he runs with confidence and he on that one touchdown the like the you know the longer one like he had, he made a cut on the safety and you know left him in his dust and, and scored on the on the touchdown so um, going to be interesting to see how they utilize him like moving forward and when they get all their running backs healthy but obviously you're going to want to get that guy. Um, in space and on the field. And it'll be fascinating to watch his career as he gets bigger and stronger and, and how they utilize him. But it's crazy because he, he wasn't even supposed to be a Grizz. He was supposed to be playing for the Cats and was a, a late, you know, decommit and went to Montana. So that's kind of crazy to think about if they didn't even have him. It is so crazy, man. And like on the SWX broadcast of the game, Grady Bennett, who's the head coach at Kalispell Glacier, who does a lot of color commentary, he mentioned, he said, hey, to put this in perspective, a year ago today, we as Glacier were game planning for Billing Senior and Junior Bergen as a quarterback, and now this guy's getting Division One carries. So amazing how much a, a year can change just the perspective and then just the circumstance of so many different elements of football. It is Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana TV. I'm here with SWX Montana Sports Director, Sean Rainey. Has anybody else stood out or surprised you or anybody that uh, helped you turn the corner? Ooh, good question. Um, Mitch Roberts stepping up was big time. I, we, I, I don't think anybody that's around the program was surprised by that because Mitch is a great athlete, very clutch, calm, steady guy. Uh, but, I, was, I mean, it's good to see a Missoula guy stepping up. Cool story. I think Patrick O'Connell, yeah. like, proving that – he even could take an, another step from what he, you know, did in his junior season to being like one of the best linebackers in the country um, is pretty impressive. I think we're just like, oh yeah, he like he's good. He like we saw him be good, you know, last time he played. But for him to kind of take that next step um, was was huge for this team. I think he's been really impressive. Um, Probably Ryan Simpson is another guy. Like he hasn't played a ton, but he started rotate. He rotated in a lot, and they're going to start playing him more. How much of that was because he's so comfortable with Chris Brown? Um, I know he was a guy that was kind of breaking out in the off season. He was definitely climbing the chart, but you have to wonder if maybe he got more reps because they wanted to make Brown more comfortable. Yeah, and I mean, I know that they. I mean, he can he can run pretty well, and they like his size, you know. And especially with, um, I think with Silser going out. Um, Malik Flowers didn't play very much at wide receiver. Um, he's one of the, the faster guys. So if you're not going to go with pure speed on the outside, you might want to go with size or some other way to try and, you know, have a big body to get open. Um, I thought uh, Macias looked really good uh, kicking the ball. Yep. Um, I mean, if you're going from 48 and you're hitting it down the middle 
and that would have been good from you know mid fifties. Um, he hasn't really had many pressure kicks this year, um, so that'll be interesting to see because there's going to be eventually there's going to be some field goals that are going to matter that you're going to have to make, and so he's been looking good. Um, that's a good that's a good question though. I mean, some of the like a lot of the young guys that have been rotating in have been impressive, um, like Braxton Hill. What about Janet Carroll's having an outstanding year too, just as a guy on special teams? I mean, I to me he's a first team All League special teams type guy. I mean, he's had like five memorable hits. I think he's been pretty darn good. I think Corbin Walker has taken a pretty good step, too. I think he's been better. I don't want to say better than I expected because he's a talented guy, but I mean, the, the fact that he's been sort of a, a frontline starter, I think, has been a, a good improvement for a guy that's a sophomore. Yeah, and then I think, obviously, I mean, we knew of the talent of some of the transfer guys, but for Justin Ford to be one of the best corners in the league, um, like, obviously, he's been super impressive. But yeah, just special teams as a whole. I mean, Coach Houck's had a lot of good special teams units, and for him to say, I mean, he's told me, like, all in all this entire year, this is the best, you know, kicking units, coverage, punt, you know, that he's ever had, which is, that says a lot. And especially when you're playing so many young starters on offensive defense, usually then your special teams might slide down a little bit because then it's either the guys that are backing up the starters or... Some of those starters that are young are having to play special teams as well, so they might be fatigued or something. So for them to be as good as they are on special teams, um, that's been pretty impressive. You're right, too. He has coached some good special teams, so that that is uh, high praise to be sure. It's the number one thing. We have the, the opposing coach for whoever the Grizz are playing, whoever the Bobcats are playing on this show each week, and it's almost always one of the first things that they always say is watching these guys run down on kickoffs, man. Like if I could just get my guys to do that, we, we would be in good shape. I mean, how many times have you seen it this year where the other team is just fair catching it at the five yard line? Like right. they don't even want to return the ball. Like that to me is like the ultimate sign of respect when like two things, one, you're fair catching at the five. And after you kick it to them once, you're just squibbing it the rest of the game. You know, like it just shows you that like, you know that you cannot handle what they are going to do, no matter what. And so you're just trying to, like, survive, basically. And we're seeing it almost every single week. I know actually was pretty pretty decent as far as that goes. Like, their, their, their punt unit was really good. But otherwise, it is pretty much just a, a slaughter every time that, it, that one of those kick, kick return or kick units go out there. Let's talk about some controversy. Uh, there was a couple things in this game that were uh, less than uh, great. One was the targeting call on Alex Governor, which then indicated and revealed that the replay system at Idaho doesn't work or didn't work on this particular Saturday. Uh, sounds like the Missoulian just reported uh, as of tonight that Governor will not be suspended for this upcoming game, which is is good. I mean, I'm glad. But I mean, the rule itself is flawed. But if you're going to execute the rule, then you have to have the replay to confirm that it is a targeting. If there is no replay, that's a that's thrown out. It's just a roughing the passer. That's just is what it is. But the the targeting aside, because that's something where I think that everybody's on the same page. The rule needs a little bit of an adjustment. I know Bobby Houck is certainly on that page, Montana's head coach. But uh, the fact that the replay doesn't work, I mean, that's just how, how's this happen? This is this is just it's just it's just bush league, man. It is, and it's it's just you know the the big sky refs have not been great in a lot of the games that we have covered. Um, we saw like a uh, a roughing the. Uh, when, when Malik Flowers was trying to get a, a, a punt and he was, like, catching it and the guy ran into him and then they said he was blocked into him and you go to the replay and there's nobody around the guy, like, he wasn't even touched. He just ran into Malik Flowers and they said he was blocked into him. There's just been there's been a lot of, like, I thought Chris Brown was down for a safety in the end zone when he was trying to throw it away. Didn't have replay. Um, obviously, it wasn't targeting. They just need to have, just have a targeting one and a targeting two. And, and... And leave it at that. You can't have one blanket targeting because all of them are so different. Like, there's obviously ones that are, like, really egregious, and you could tell that there was complete intent. And there's others where it, you're you're it kind of accidentally have helmet to helmet or your face mask hits it or, you know, whatever. Um, like, a guy's – there's so many times where like a guy's, like, ducking, and then you end up hitting in, in the helmet, and you're running full speed. Like, you can't help some of it, you know? And so they just need a flagrant one, a flagrant two. The, the ejection part is dumb. Um, but, yeah, man, it's just uh, – Big Sky can be kind of interesting as far as officiating goes sometimes. Certainly can be. Uh, last thing on this game, where are we at with Idaho? Because it seems as if the writing's on the wall now. Contract year for Paul Petrino, and uh, they've done almost nothing since they rejoined the Big Sky Conference. Seven total wins in, in the three years since they rejoined the league. I guess I'm not counting the spring. I can't remember off the top of my head what their record was in the spring, but can't imagine it was 
that outstanding to add too many. I mean, you're talking less than double-digit wins in four years, beat, basically. I mean, let's not forget they beat Eastern twice in the spring, which is kind of crazy. What do you think? I think they've actually beat Eastern three times since they rejoined the league. They have not come close to beating Montana, and uh, they've gotten beat by Montana State a couple times too. So. Uh, traditional rivalry is not going great unless they're playing the team from the red, which is so interesting since Eastern has been so good. Uh, but regardless, where are we at with Idaho? Well, I think you said it pretty well when we were talking at the press conference. Um, it's a good job to have because their fan base just so doesn't like the head coach right now that that you're going to step into a situation where like it can't be any worse, you know. And so, and and you'll have some leniency as far as time to like rebuild it and get it up and there's not a lot of pressure there like you take over at montana montana state doesn't matter what the situation is people expect you make the playoffs in the first year that's that's what the expectation is i think that people would be satisfied with like a charismatic head coach that could sell you a vision and they'd give them years to get better because i mean they've been non-competitive since they entered the big side conference which is just so perplexing considering like it's not bottom of the barrel they have I mean, that's not a bad facility. It's not Washington Grizzly Stadium, but it's not bad. They have g- good weight room. It's a fun college town. I mean, there's a lot of things going. It's not Missoula or Bozeman. It's never going to be, but it's also not a lot of the other places in the league either. Yeah, no, for sure. And I don't know, man. The, the big sky is just – how do you think – wait, what do you think things are going to look like, not only in the big sky, but the FCS, like with James Madison, um, you know, talking to them, like, leaving. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the uh, – I feel like in – Five years from now, things could look a lot different or like, you know, even begin to start looking a lot different. And where does Montana, you know, fit into that? I kind of like just like floated the idea, like when I was watching App State and Coastal play and Coastal's the 14th ranked team in the country. I was like, man, it was not that long ago that both of these teams were in Washington Grizzly Stadium, like playing the Grizz at that level. It just makes you like wonder like what it would have been like if Montana would make the jump or what it would like if they made the jump in the future. And whether it would work or not, or it'd be like an Idaho situation, like one thing that I, I keep like ask, like telling myself is like, well, it would be a lot different than like this three game stretch of like facing Southern Utah, going on the road against Northern Colorado, playing NAU, like these next three games, like as much as we're, we're trying to like talk it up and like almost like excite ourselves about it. Like there's just not a lot to get juiced up about, but if you're playing you know, Mountain West teams week in and week out. Like, it's just, there's just a little bit more intrigue and excitement there. And that's just kind of like what be my biggest argument for like making a move like that as far as like, I know like the national championship and all the other circumstances, but there's a lot of like just down weeks in the FCS and in the big sky. And I think you could also just get rid of like realign the big sky a little bit and we wouldn't maybe have as many issues, but it's kind of a blah next three weeks for Montana. Well, and this is to be continued because it's a great conversation. But um, the fact of the matter is that, unfortunately, winning at the highest level at the FCS level doesn't make you very much more money if you're Montana. The things that it can get you, let's say they sell out all six home games, which this year they've been close to, but they they didn't sell out, I think, two so far. Pretty close to sellouts. But, uh, you know, okay, let's say you fully sell out 26,500 fans, all six home games, and you get three home playoff games. Okay, there's your extra revenue. But you got a revenue share, all that playoff money. So in reality, the amount of revenue boost you get is not that much. Whereas the sad truth is, if you move up to the Mountain West, you move up to an FBS league that has a TV deal, you could finish dead last, dead last, zero wins, and make more money than finishing at the number one team in the country at the FCS level. And again, it's the sad truth, but it's the truth. And that's exactly what these schools are going to be facing. So uh, the future of the league, the future of college football, I think I totally agree. I think in five years, we're going to see a completely different landscape. I think the biggest thing too, is just, it's more, it's more like national exposure and not just for the team, but for the university, you know, people are going to watch the team and they're like, Oh, I might want to go to school in in Missoula. And, And then just like as a fan, like, well, think about how many people are moving here from out of state, too, where they don't have any ties to the Big Sky Conference. When they see Southern Utah on the schedule, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Whereas if you see Wyoming, you're like, oh, that's my 10 versus Wyoming. That's probably going to be fun. We'll go to that. Yeah, plus, like, and as a student, like, the student section, you're not going to show up next necessarily for Dixie State rolling into town. Exactly. But, but if Utah State's coming in or, you know, Air Force or Boise State, like, Oh, I know who they are. Like, I want to. I'll, I'll go watch because I know. Like, I know who they are. They got so like a couple of pros that are going to go to the NFL. Like the talents there. Like, there's just um, there's just a lot more intrigue. 
Totally agree. We're going to continue this conversation next week. Put a bookmark in it. He's Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuance. This is Nuanas Now. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming in. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Some of the top prep cross-country runners in the state reside in the western part of Montana. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanes. The cross-country state championship, all four Montana prep classifications played out over the weekend in Missoula. At the Class AA race at the University of Montana Golf Course, several Garden City products shine brightest. In the girls' race, Missoula Hellgate senior Kenzie May repeated as state champion. The reigning Montana Gatorade girls cross-country runner of the year bested Helena High standout Kylie Hartnett by nine seconds to win the individual honors. Bozeman High recaptured the girls' state title after Hellgate won last year, meaning the Hawks have won 14 of the last 15 AA trophies. In the boys' race, Hellgate came away with the team title, while Sentinel senior Tanner Klumpf took home the individual title. The Spartans, the defending team champions, took second in the team race, while Klumpf, the runner-up last season, won the individual championship by nine seconds ahead of Hellgate's Phineas Colescott. In the Class A boys' race, the Hamilton Bronx repeated as team champions behind the standout senior trio of Coulter Purcell, Lane Cole, and Coulter Kirkland. None captured the individual crown. That went instead to Corvallis's Bryson White, but all three Hamilton studs finished in the top five as the Bronx repeated. Columbia Falls girls captured their first Class A state title, while Red Lodge won their first state championship in Class B and Class C. Manhattan Christian swept the team titles for the second year in a row. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. In that city that doesn't sleep And find your king of the hill Top of the heap What up, Montana? How you living? I'm back. I'm back in studio. Nuanez now, Coulter Nuanez. Well, uh, coming in a little hot today because busy day down at the University of Montana. Montana took down Montana State in volleyball last night. So, uh, caught up with Allison Lawrence. Also, it was media day for Grizz Hoops. So, caught up with Travis DeCure. We'll talk, uh, share some of that sound top of the hour. And also, as I do each Wednesday, I had to catch up with Bobby Houck, Montana head coach as well, for our Houck highlights. So, uh, I was unable to be in studio right at the start of the show. But here I am, back in studio. So, hopefully you enjoyed my conversation from last night with Sean Rainey. We keep it rolling with more from SWX Montana She's Alex Eshelman. She is joins us each week for the Montana State Minute. Alex, hope you heard a little bit of your Sinatra there. We had to, you know, make the guest happy. How you doing today? <laughs> I heard it. I heard it, Coulter. Thank you so much. Yeah, I told you earlier today when you asked me what my favorite song is of the moment. I don't know if it's my favorite song, but if you ask my coworkers, I come uh, screaming that uh, the New York, New York Frank Sinatra song every single morning and they can't stand me for it. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get on the Sinatra kick? I would say my mom. I don't know. She's originally from Long Island, New York. And uh, so her whole side of the family, they're New Yorkers. So I don't know. I've just been in the mood. I love Frank Sinatra. We've always just listened to him. So I've, and it's a fun song. It's a happy song, and it just gets me excited. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very good. You're very good at being happy. That's one thing I love about working with you. You're always in a good mood. That's a very good thing. So oh, thank that, you, folks. Same to you. Anything that keeps you in a good mood, that's a good thing. Uh, 
a story quickly before we get into some talk about uh, Montana State. Uh, I was down doing Grizz Media Day today, and I was interviewing Josh Bannon, uh, who is a standout sophomore for the Grizz basketball team. And uh, a, sure. I don't know how this happened in the um, in the Adams Center, but a bee flew in his shirt. So then it was like a scene out of a Winnie the Pooh movie or something where the bee is no. in the guy's jersey. <laughs> so my question for you is, has, have you ever had anything happen like that during an interview? Do you have any funny stories like that? Not necessarily during an interview yet, Coulter. And thank goodness, because I don't know his reaction to that, but unfortunately, I don't do well with bees. And anytime I'm shooting an, an as live or a pretend live shot to go along with the story, and there's a bee starting to fly around, I just sprint. I, I try to get away from it as fast as I can. So I'm praying that that doesn't have happen to me in a live situation because if that did happen, it wouldn't go over well. <laughs> well, no doubt. Let's talk a little Bobcats. First of all, the news of the day uh, has to do with a Bobcat football player, but from a much broader and much more national spotlight, Troy Anderson. Right. Named one of the mm-hmm. 13 finalists for the William Campbell Trophy. If you are unfamiliar with this, I would argue that the Campbell Trophy is the most challenging trophy or award of any sort in college football to win 13 Mm -hmm. nominees from across division one football it's basically the 13 best scholar athletes in the country so you're talking about fbs and fcs this is from a pool of thousands of players and troy anderson montana state senior is one of the finalists for the campbell trophy the only guy from the fcs Uh, so i know you've been covering troy for a couple years i've been covering him since he was in high school um, you're sort of mm-hmm. run out of stuff to say about him because he's just so outstanding and everything. But this is pretty cool. I mean, this is an amazing uh, accolade for him to be one of the top scholar athletes in all of college football. 100% Coulter. And the coolest thing about Troy to me is the fact that he's so humble about all of his accolades, whether it's about football, about his academics, about being a good community member. And we were able to speak with him earlier this morning about getting another accolade here today. And he was so humble about it. He said, yeah, you know, it's cool. I'm, I'm really thankful for it. And I, I asked him, how have you been able to stay so humble through all of the accolades that you've been able to gain through your athletic and just academic career? And he credited his parents and he said, I don't know. I just, I was raised right. And it's, it's not really about me at the end of the day. I haven't gotten here and gotten all, all of my success without the people around me. And especially in a, a day and age that we're in Coulter, it's kind of rare to come across a guy like that, that has so much success and yet doesn't, ever talk about himself so it's really inspirational he is truly one of a kind because there's a lot of guys out there that uh, are humble and you know that profess to be humble but they're doing it by humbly bragging on twitter and things like that i don't even think troy anderson's ever even logged into twitter like i don't even think he even knows that this whole world exists i just think he's such a throwback he's such a cowboy and i think he's just perfect for the state of montana he's uh it's been a great pleasure covering him and but this is of all the awards he's won among, if not the the best uh, and the most impressive. So right. congratulations to Troy Anderson. Uh, Alex Esselman, SWX Montana Television, joining us here. It's the Montana State Minute on Nuanas Now. We do this each uh, Wednesday here on ESPN Radio. And, Alex, speaking of Troy Anderson, the football player, no Chase Benson, no Callahan O'Reilly last week against Idaho State. So uh, funny to phrase it like this because Troy Anderson hardly ever has to step up. He's usually just the center point of the defense anyways. But he was uh, a man possessed last weekend, 16 tackles, and really made up for those gaps in the middle. But what did you think of Montana State's uh, defense and the way that they were able to react and sort of carry the day, even with a couple of their key cogs on the bench? Right, Holter. I just think it speaks to the depth of their program and specifically their defensive unit. Their depth is great. Their discipline is great. And they've gone into every single week locked in they're never too high never too low they still always talk about in press conferences the fact that the season is nowhere from being over and i think that that's the mentality that they took into their game against idaho state 
And, yeah, it, it was so fun to watch Troy in that game especially. I mean, it's fun to watch him in every single game because he's just a baller. But um, he's he was so, so just aggressive and exciting and um, definitely stepped up for that defensive unit in their win over Idaho State for sure. Well, Montana State now is rolling right along, and uh, they have had hardly any hiccups so far this year. And it's actually amazing because in college sports, even some of the best teams, there's so much volatility involved. Mm-hmm. The spotlight's so huge. People have not been accustomed to acclimating to that spotlight because of sort of the strange state of affairs the last couple of years. Uh, and we've seen it across all levels of college football. I mean, the top level of college football, I mean, we see a top 10 team get beat every week, but Montana State has not had any of that volatility. So is there anything you can point to as to why? I mean, what do you think is the key factor for Montana State not only being good, but also just being so steady? That's a good question, Coulter, and I just think that a large part of it goes to the coaching. I think that Coach Vegan has filled the role of head coach of the Montana State Bobcats really well. I think that he has a strong group of assistant coaches and coordinators under him that not only care about coaching these guys as players, but as people and they're just also disciplined. And then last but not least, I think the senior class is a, in this upperclassmen group, uh, you know, when Choate, Coach Choate did leave to go to Texas and Vegan filled the role, I do think that um, Coach Choate had a good group of guys at Montana State, and I think that that's being put on display so far this season. That said, though, Coulter, I do think this buy is very needed for everybody um, and it's going to be exciting in two weeks when they play Eastern Washington. I don't know if you saw that video on Montana State football Twitter when Troy went up to give a little speech to his team about his award today, but all he had to say was, let's go beat Eastern Washington. Such a quintessential Troy Anderson speech. Everybody's chanting, speech, yeah, speech, perfect. speech, and he just goes, hey, boys, let's go beat <laughs> Eastern Washington, then sat back down. It was yeah, just Troy right. Anderson in a nutshell. Uh, it, it was fun to watch that, though. And uh, that matchup is definitely going to be a fun one, too, because uh, Montana State has the, navigated the injury portion of this season very well until this last weekend. But Chase Benson out, Callahan O'Reilly out, um, TJ Session, the right tackle, out, and Tyrell Thomas, the senior defensive back, out. I know they're expecting all those guys to be back for Eastern Washington, but uh, Eastern has a bye this week as well. So uh, interesting, though, the way that the momentum works in the scope of a season, too. Montana State's win uh, against Idaho State on Saturday, maybe not the most exciting victory, but it's a win nonetheless, right. whereas Eastern Washington, they had their home winning streak, a 20-game home winning streak snapped on Saturday against Weber State. So do you feel like... There's a slight advantage, even though both teams have buys for the Bobcats, because Montana State does take some momentum into this game? I I don't know if there's necessarily an advantage, Coulter. I just think that, um, I mean, it's better to come off of a win going into a buy than necessarily a loss. That said, Eastern Washington, that might fuel their fire a little bit extra in going into their bye week saying, hey, we just you know, unfortunately clocked a loss there and we have two weeks to mold it over. So I don't know. It's going to be, I do think that Eastern is obviously an insanely talented team. One of the best in the FCS, arguably the best in the big sky. That said though, I do think that Montana state has every ability to put up a good fight and possibly come home with a win. So I don't know. What do you think? I think that this matchup is against, is two of the best teams in the country, to be sure. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. very interesting to see because this used to be must-watch TV. Uh, well, it, it always is. It is a rivalry game, to be sure. But this used to be uh, the most offensive fireworks you were going to see in a college football game anywhere in the United States, coast-to-coast, period. I covered 2014, Montana State. A hosting Eastern Washington. Eastern came in. They won on a two-point conversion to Cooper Cup late in the game, like the last minute of the game, 52-51. to 51. The next year, I think wow. Montana State had 800 yards of total offense, and they lost. It was 55-51 in uh, Cheney. I don't, I don't think the Bobcats even – I think the Bobcats lost a game in which they didn't punt, if that is even possible. But that, that is the scenario it was. Oh, I mean, this, no. this used to be – 
you know, the over-under on these games used to be seriously 100 points. And now the fact is that Montana State has gone back to being a, a more defensive-minded program, which I think is more apt for the type of players that they can recruit. But to me, this game comes down to two things. Eastern Washington's defense has been very up and down this year. They've particularly struggled against power run games. That's what Montana State does better than anybody in the conference, maybe anybody in the country. So can Eastern form some form of resistance against Isaiah Fonse, who, by the way, was outstanding on Saturday again against Idaho State? On the other side, Montana State's corners have been a pleasant surprise. They have very rarely gotten exploited this year, uh, and they have Mm -hmm. several really young guys playing out there but they have not played a team with hardly any passing prowess. I know Northern Colorado and Cal Poly want to be that, but they're not quite that yet. And the rest of the teams have been sort of run-oriented teams, so they have not been tested. So to me, it comes down to can Montana State's DBs continue to step up and can Eastern Washington have anything for uh, Isaiah Fonse in the Bobcat run game? I think those are going to be the key factors next week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Coulter. And, uh, also, in that meeting with Troy Anderson today, that game was brought up, and he said that Eric Barrier is a force to be reckoned with. He said that they are already prepping for him, but they also hoped that he's doing the same thing when looking at Montana State's defense, as we know, one of the best right now. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. But for now, we have we've got Halloween this weekend, so I guess that's that's exciting to look forward to. And. Well- also, high school, a lot of high school playoffs going on right now as well. Well, that's what we're going to get you out of here then. It's Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. Uh Will you be shooting any games on uh, Friday night? We've got a lot of volleyball in the Gallatin mm, Valley. Very good. There's also, yeah, we, I, a lot of volleyball. Um, so stay tuned for that. And it'll, other than that, it's nice for everyone to take a little bit of a breather. I didn't realize how jam packed being this, my, this is my first year covering Montana state along with high school. It is nice to have the bye weekend. Don't you think Coulter? Well, yes, indeed. No days off here for us, but that's okay. I appreciate (laughs) the the sentiment. No question. And uh, we appreciate you making time in your busy schedule every week. Last question for you, Alex, do you have any Halloween costume plans? Are you, are you a big dresser upper or do you get dressed up for Halloween? 100%. How am I not? I'm not surprised by this at all. I I take specifically Coulter. I love wearing wigs on Halloween, so I still <laughs> need to figure out what I'm going to be along. Last year I was Hannah Montana because it was my first year in Montana, and I felt like it'd be fitting for some whatever reason. I don't you know the name Montana. Sure, it was fun this year. My lovely coworkers Noah Schmick, Madison Atkinson, and I are being the cast of the morning show. Wow. This could so, be great. Uh, that will be fun. How about you? Are you dressing up? You know, I'm going to steal a line from Bobby Houck, and uh, I'm going to, just like he always says, I'm just dressing up as George Clooney every year for the rest of my life. I nailed it, right? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. Oh, Alex, Montana State Minute here on Nuanas Now. Alex, we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Coulter. Happy Halloween, and uh, we will talk next week, Montana State, Eastern Washington. Can't wait. We do that once a week, the Montana State Minute. Alex Esselman, you got fancy football questions? Text us here at Nuanas now, 888 That's 406-888-1029. We got your commentary. We got your advice, and we got a dozen wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So hit us up. Let us know. What do you got? Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Despo. Next, you're on Nuanas Now. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio.
Jeff, what up? Happy Wednesday. Hope you're kicking it or having a good time or on your way to do something fun. No matter what you're doing, appreciate you spending some time with us. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Time for now for a Wing Wednesday presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. World Series got kicked off last night, game one. What better spot to go watch the World Series in the Despo? It's the best baseball bar, bar in the city of Missoula. Great place to watch baseball. Also got Sports Bet Montana kiosks. Maybe you're throwing a little wager down. And certainly, if you're down at the Despo, you're going to be enjoying some hot wings because they got the best hot wings in the city of Missoula. So go check out the Despo. Go watch some World Series baseball. Go enjoy yourself some hot wings. Keep those texts coming in. 1029. Excuse, excuse me. That's the uh, call letters of the station. 888 That's 888-1029-406-888-1029. And uh, ask us your fantasy football questions. That'll get you all entered in for a chance to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Question number one. Need a tight end for the weekend? Should I go with Mercedes Lewis of the Packers at Arizona or Ozuma of the Browns at the Jets? Man, that is actually a very uh, complicated question because, first of all, the Packers and the Cardinals play on Thursday night football. That always throws a wrench into any sort of predictability in a matchup. Also, so, so I would always say be hesitant of playing Thursday night, guys, because sometimes they go off, sometimes they don't. But... The Cardinals been rolling along. They're seven and zero. This this uh, they're a really good team. I think that they're going to continue to be one of the best teams. But I just cannot imagine them running the table fully. This is one of their first big obstacles against the Packers. So you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to let it all hang out to dry. And Devontae Adams, All Pro receiver for Green Bay, and Alan Lazard, another starting wide receiver for the Packers, both out because of COVID protocols. Therefore, then, I'm thinking that the tight ends might get a little more action. But it's complicated further because Mercedes Lewis is one of two main tight ends for the Packers, Robert Tanyan the other one, and Tanyan is generally the red zone guy. So here's what I would do. And, and then on the Browns side of this thing, okay, you think Browns playing the Jets. Browns need a big bounce back. Browns are sort of struggling uh, after having a lot of hype coming in the year. They're playing a downtrodden New York team that's no good. So maybe go with the Browns guy. But Baker Mayfield's been really struggling with injuries lately, too. So I would err on the side of Aaron Rodgers. That's just the better playmaker uh, in this scenario. And uh, also, though, if you can go find Robert Tanyan, I would actually maybe go with him. I think he'll be the primary red zone target. Might not get you as many opportunities, but I think he has a higher chance to catch a touchdown than Mercedes Lewis. So... Uh, I would go with Lewis and or I would go with the Packers tight end. And if you have a choice between Packers tight ends, I would go with um, Robert Tanyan rather than Mercedes Lewis. Secondly, second question, what do I do with Patrick Mahomes next week? Well, I don't think you're going to want to cut Mahomes because he still remains one of the great players in the league. But what's his status going to be? How fresh is he going to be if he does play? Is he going to be full strength? Um, there's a lot of stuff going on here uh, with Patrick Mahomes. If you can get a, a serviceable quarterback replacement just for the week or two, go do it. I mean, I think a lot of times, even though I always rant and rave about the way I analyze and rank quarterbacks, high priority on winning, low priority on passing yardage, that's not the way that fantasy football works. So don't let my uh, cynical view on the way that the media force feeds quarterback play to the masses. Don't let that get in the way of what's actually good fantasy football play because oftentimes having a quarterback on a bad team in a game that he's almost certainly going to lose can actually produce good fantasy numbers. So I would try to find the best quarterback you can on your waiver wire who then maybe is playing against a team that has a bad defense. And that's what I would do and that I would sit Patrick Mahomes for the week, and then uh, but don't drop him, keep him, and keep him on your roster. This has been a Wing of Wednesday presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We do this each week, giving you fantasy football advice. Head on down to the Despo. Got a few entries here uh, for our Wing It Wednesday. 
Got a dozen wings for you, but keep the text coming in. Anybody that texts in before the end of the show, 888 That's 888-1029. And uh, we'll get you all taken care of uh, when it comes to getting entered into and potentially winning 12 wings, the best wings in the city of Missoula from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill each Wednesday during the 4 o'clock hour. Fancy football here on Nuanas Now. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. It's our ESPN roundtable. We're going to take you around the big sky. I got a piece of sound from Montana head coach Travis DeCure. And uh, the preseason teams are out on both the men's and women's side, as are the polls. Andrew Houghton and I will debate. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 